Hello everybody and welcome to the Lion of Vienna podcast episode 18. As you can probably tell from my distinctly different voice to Mr Chris Manning, I am not Chris Manning, I am Daniel Murphy and today I am your host and the reason is for that is because I go away tomorrow on my first lads holiday, God knows if I'll survive or not, (laughs) and in order to get a podcast out for you, our lovely listeners out in time, I've got to do it today. Then I can get it edited tomorrow morning and get it out on Sunday afternoon time for you. So this is all for you. And Chris isn't available on Saturday. So this is why we're doing it now with just me. And my special guest today, my guest is Line of Vienna regular writer, Rob Latham. Rob, how are you today? I'm very well, thanks. Dan, how are you? I'm okay. I've had a lovely day. I'm a wee bit drunk. I'm not going to lie. I've come back. <laughs> I've come back from the pub to do this, and then I'm going back to the pub to jo- rejoin on eights. So I'm going to try and do this as swiftly as possible. But today, I'm very happy because football's back, Rob. Did you know that? Football is back. First uh, match of pre-season. It is. And because today, I went and watched my local team, my local only team, the team I have two shirts for, Everton Collieries versus Bolton Wanderers Eleven. And the game, Rob, did you follow it all on social media or anything? Do you know anything about it at all? I know you were in London, so you didn't. Prob- you probably didn't yeah. go. I followed, a, I followed a few tweets from you guys, and I read the report just now, actually, on the Bolton website. Oh, is it all? Yeah. Yeah, it was, a, it was a good game. It finished 1-1, I think. Nil, basically, what happened, the first, team, the first half was the strongest team from both sides. So, Coles played Battersby, Truffus, Grimshaw, Carson... Tabernet, a lot of players, and Bolton played, most Bolton listeners probably don't know who their names are at all, Bolton played Connor Wilkinson, who's probably only there because he's not been sold yet, Jordan Lucy, who's just signed for Liverpool, Rob Holding, who was probably Bolton's best player, Rob, mm. Rob, no, Alex Finney, who was very good, and then a couple of trialists, John Saberio, who I know I have, can't find any information on at all, and then number four, who I also can't remember the name, but basically, the first half was nil-nil. It was an ex- it was a good game, competitive. Coles very did held the own against a you know a semi-pro side like Bolton and a much younger side. They did well. So half time was nil-nil. In the second half, there was some goals and it ended a score draw. One-one was the game. Was the go- wait was the result? Sorry, um, for Bolton. Bolton started the scoring. Jamie, Tom, t- Jamie Thomas scored a penalty, as I said he would. I said he'd score. He scored when, um, I believe, a Coles defender brought down a Bolton attacker. I was quite a distance away. I wasn't really watching the game at that point because I was drinking. But I know they got a penalty and Jamie Thomas slotted it away. Harry Riley was fouled, apparently. Was it? Oh, there it was. And then um, Never heard of him. But yeah. Neither have I. And um, <laughs> the, keeper, the Coles keeper nearly did get to it, but it was just above him. It was a very good penalty. Then later on in the game, the game was very competitive. Another penalty was awarded to Bolton. The goalkeeper, Jamie Tab- Chabinet, awarded it. Gave it away, sorry, as he failed on Russian attacker. Then the new signing to the Bolton youth squad, Enoch Alumba, I think his name is. There is an extra bit to his name, but I can't quite remember it at this Nico current state. Lumba. There you go. Rob yeah. knows the stuff. He got <laughs> the penalty and he hit the post. And then, not a, then probably two minutes later... Calls equalised again. I can't quite remember the name of the player who scored, but he has curly hair. I know that where's, much. Where's Bancroft? That's right. He's that's right. He scored. <laughs> he went through and he slotted on past Yossi Escalada's son, Willie Escalada. So it was a one-one. Very yeah. yeah. It was a fun game. There was a packed house. Rob, you. I've I've never seen so many people at all the house in my life. Really? Yeah. Honestly, they were all 
the state, the ground was surrounded. It was a really good day, actually. The, the weather held up. It was a really good day. I heard that you see Askelainen was there watching as well. I didn't see you see, but I tell you, I did see. I did see Neil Lennon. Yeah, I saw a photo. Of Aye, him there's oh. many. My mate, God bless him, Blake up three balls, took a selfie of him, put it on Snapchat, drew a dick on Neil Lennon's face. <laughs> 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 we won't go into that. But Aye, Lennon was there. Um, so with him at Everton today and then flying off to Austria tomorrow, a subject we'll move on to later. Mm. Leicester? Mm, maybe not. But aye, Lennon was there. Um, I don't know if Nicky Hunt was there. He was probably it was set to be assistant manager to Everton Coles manager Michael Clegg, who was meant to be because they're good mates. So he's me- he's been assisting them a bit, Coles. Okay. So he was meant to be their assistant today, but I didn't see him. He might have been there. But if you haven't read our my, my interview with Michael Clegg on this website, go and read it. But yeah, it was a very good game. It was very sunny, competitive game, one-one. Play some of those Rob Connor Wilkinson. Yeah, he's gone, isn't he? Ah, he wasn't very good at all. No. I'll tell you, the players who did well from Bolton side, Rob Holding, I think he's a centre-back at trade, but he played right-back. He was very yeah. good. Uh, he got down the wing a lot, skilled a couple of players a number of times. Mm. Um, Alex Finney, who was the captain in in place of Quade Taylor, did very well, was very composed on the ball. Kane Woolery was Bolton's da- most dangerous player in the first half. He caught. He got onto a lot of long balls and made chances. And um, basically, read Tom's match report on the game because I can't remember. But there was a, there was a few good Bolton players. They're the main ones. There was a couple of trialists. Number four, who I can't remember. Then John Siberio, who made a couple of good passes. But as I said before, I can't find a minute of him on the internet at all. But anyway, it was a good game. And if you didn't go, shame on you because there was a lot of Bolton fans there who I recognise. I know Rob, you're from London, so. I would have struggled to get there, to be honest. Hey, there was one, <laughs> but, there was one Bolton fan from London there, tell you that much. There? there was, I saw slacking, Rob slacking. Sorry, boys. Anyway, on to, <laughs> on to the first team stuff. There's been a lot of news this week, Rob, would you believe there it? There has, yeah. Aye, yeah. so we may as well go on to the stuff that's actually been confirmed first, mate. Anyway, so, Ben Amos, Gary Medine and Darren Patley signing a three-year extension. All have been confirmed by the club as they returned to first team training um, last Wednesday, I think it was, the 29th of June. Mm. So what do you think about all those deals? Um, are you happy with all of them? What, what are your thoughts? Um, mixed. I think Amos is a really good signing. Obviously, we talked about that quite at length on the show. Um, so we, we need a keeper. He's a really good keeper. He's proven that last year. So that's good news that he's, been, he's come in. Um, what I'm not convinced about is Medine. I haven't seen much of him, but I'm not exactly convinced by him. But... Um, I read an article by Mark Isles yeah. earlier today talking about Medine, and apparently Alan Thompson convinced Medine to come to Bolton. Yeah, I, did, I saw that in his interview. So that mean that kind of makes me think there could be something about him that's hmm. good. Um, and he said in his interview with Isles that he's going to put himself about, try hard, and try and score goals. I mean, yeah. obviously he's going to say that, but it shows that he's up for it. And if he want, if if he does do that, then yeah, that's the most we can ask of him, isn't it? So yeah. I'm a bit worried he's taking Kevin Davis's number. Yeah, I, I agree, but, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I hope he is a kind of lad. He wants to get in. He, he, he mentioned something about coming in and like putting his putting himself around yeah, yeah. in the same ilk as Kevin Davis. And if he does that, then that's kind of what we need up front, I think. We've mm. liked that recently. Yeah, I've watched his YouTube video, the Bolton, the, you know, the excellent Bolton social media, put on a video of all his goals of last season. And whilst yeah. there weren't many, he was playing... For fairly poor teams for the remainder of for the most of last season, but what yeah. I noticed about all of his goals, they were very goal portugals. They were very rebounds and 
passes across the box and good crosses in that he nodded in and that type of thing. And I'm planning a piece which I probably won't get to right before I go away. But basically, I do think, you know, I think he might surprise a few next season. I don't think he'll set the world light or anything. But I do think he'll get a few goals because what Bolton and I are kind of good at, with the creative players we've got, we do create a fair... Well, I hope next season we will create a fair few chances. And yeah. I do think Medine could put a few away. If he starts or not, I don't know yet. Mm. He is the type of physical frame that will replace, you know, Craig Davis. If you get me, yeah, I do think I do think Medine could surprise a few next season. You know, I, I, I agree. I don't think he should be taking number fourteen. I wanted him to take number twenty. <laughs> I wanted him to be taking number twenty-four. It's the number he had for Sheffield Wednesday. It's the number he had a black for Blackpool. It's no free for us. We talked enough about squad numbers last week. We should, <laughs> we should put it down a bit. But yeah, I do think Medine will surprise me. I think he'll get, depending on how much game time he gets. I think he'll score a fair few goals next season. I don't know. And especially since he's coming in with a point to prove, you know what I mean? He's, yeah. you know, he's has a bit of a sketchy past. Not His career hasn't set a light just yet. Under Neil Lennon, I think we could see the best of him. But from moving on to another player, I think Ben Amos. I think Ben Amos is the most important signing for us this summer. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'd put it in a bit more detail, a bit more coherent detail on the site. Mm. But I, I think just getting him in, Perfectly replaces it and Bogdan. It means we don't have to spend the whole summer looking for another goalkeeper, considering we already have to look for another to, you know, for backup. Hopefully, you'll see, but we never know. Mm-hmm. And he's very good. And if if we had if we had a lost out if we had a lost out on signing him, I'd be very worried right now because I have no idea who we would have signed. Considering like Darren Randolph signed for West Ham, and there's not many other good goalkeepers out there, I'd be very worried. But getting yeah. him, I think it's just a very good player, and it's um. It's just good morale for the squad, knowing that we've got a very good keeper from Manchester United, or less, who's yeah. going to be first choice. It's a very solid position. So what do you think about that signing? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about Amos. At the start of last year, United were talking about him being their number two to De Gea. Yeah, so sure. He's obviously a quality keeper, and he proved that last year, um, learned the last season with us. So, yeah, that, I, I agree that that was the absolute number one priority for the summer, to be honest, getting him in once Bogdan had gone. Yeah, definitely. I think. Losing Bogdan, even though he didn't play too many games last season because of his injuries, he's the, he's an excellent goalkeeper. I think with Bog- with Amos, we've signed an equally good goalkeeper. It may, I think at least we've signed one who will be in the net more than Bogdan. Obviously, Bogdan is quite injury mm-hmm. prone. He seems to be very brittle boned whenever he'd go in for yeah. 50-50s. He'd often come worse off. I think with Amos as well, his distribution is the best we've had. Even better than you'll see, I think. His kicking is mm-hmm. second to none. But onto Darren Patley, of course, there was quite troubling times when we thought he'd be off to Ipswich or QPR. Yeah. Obviously, we've managed to secure him out of all the players who were on free agents and we've offered contracts to. Patley seems to be the only one who's stayed, apart from probably Heskey. So what do you think about Patley? Are you happy he signed a new free agent? What do you think about the year, the length of his contract he's been given, specifically? Um, The length of it, weird. I think three years. Yeah. Depends how much he's earning, doesn't it? I mean, if we go down next year, God forbid. But if we go down next year and he's on a massive contract in League One, that could really screw us over. But then we'd probably sell him. So yeah. um, I'm happy that he's staying overall, really. I mean, I mean, we talked about it as well, mm. having a lack of experience in the squad, and he does have that. So, yeah, I think he, he, if he plays like he did last season, then that'd be great. It's great that we've kept him. Mm. Um, I think it's a good sign that we've actually managed to keep one of our players. Yeah. <laughs> only one of the six who are for new contracts but hang on exactly 
Yeah, I'm happy he stayed as well. I did write a piece saying it wouldn't be the end of the world if he left. No. But don't get me wrong, anyone. I really did want him to stay. I think since London came in, he was the driving force of our upturning form. And I do genuinely think him and Reedy are probably contentious to the armband next season. Mm. And with the link for the contract, I'm a bit wary about it. Because it is three years, he's 30-year-old now, he's come off a back yeah. bad injury, he's only been good for us under Lennon and then for two months under Friedman. So I am a bit worried about the length, but I am very Harry, ha- Harry Jesus Christ, um, <laughs> I am very happy he's signed because I do think under Lennon he's a very important player and it just means Lennon doesn't have to be looking somewhere for another replacement for a player who he thought may be staying. In that midfield, what Lennon wants to play, he's a driving force, he can go back, he can go forward. As I said, I think he's, a, he's one of the more, as you said, he's one of the more experienced players in our squad. And yeah. yeah. I, mean, I don't think he's had that many injuries, has he? Off the top of my head. Like he had um, no, maybe not. one last season, but then apart from that, he's pretty much been yeah, probably not too injury prone, I don't think. No, I don't think. So it might just be one of but with a hamstring tear at that age, you do worry yeah. that it might reoccur. So three years, I'm a Bit doubtful, but if that what if that's what it took to secure him, then fine. Yeah, we need we needed to keep him to just improve. I'll say with him, to improve morale and just keep a quality player in our squad. And yeah, as that we we knew all that we knew all that miles you no know, ages before it was finally confirmed by the site because they for some reason waited till the first of July. I don't know why because it's it's never been like that before. People are saying you know for contract reasons, but they've always you know they've always announced signs before the first of July. But hey ho, other things that we knew about, well, what we learned about for the first day of training is that a couple of trialists have been in, not yeah. just not just the ones that were playing for the under twenty ones today at Colts, but Wilson Palacios, which we already knew about, we've talked a great deal about. Is there anything you'd like to add about your feelings about Palacios, Rob? Yeah, we sign him. I don't know what Lennon's playing at. I mean, he couldn't even get a transfer to Philadelphia, no. and they're rubbish, aren't they? So, and he's not even in the Honduras squad for yeah, the that was my worry. for Cup, the uh, Gold Cup. So. I don't know what we're doing trying to sign him, and he's on. He's going to be on huge wages, I've thought as well. So that's a really weird one. I don't get it. Mm. I do think though, because he's on nothing at the moment because he's a free agent. I think we could yeah. probably get him on a bit cheaper. And Maybe. if we are looking to, because sh- Meadow wasn't at training either, and if we are looking to ship on Spearing and Meadow, mm. both of them, pass us with the amount of experience he gets. If he can get fit, I have come around a bit on it as I was from mm. when I was last week so maybe yeah but we don't want to talk about Palacios the surprise name which was at the training which nobody expected was Stephen Dobby no <laughs> it's better than David Dunn yeah I'll give that much but Rob what were your thoughts on seeing Stephen Dobby at training do you think it was a just a letter giving a favour to another player or do you think he is keeping yeah. an eye over him I hope not it's a bit of a weird one I mean I'd looked today and last year he was on loan at Fleetwood in yeah, was it? who was it who finished 10th he didn't really do much there he scored 4 in 27 yeah um, and he scored 4 in 27 ironically with two loan spells with Blackpool in the two years before that I don't really know why this is someone that Lennon wants yeah. uh, I mean he signed on loan for Blackpool four times why on earth do we want him yeah I don't I don't really see the wisdom in this one personally but um Maybe he's just doing a favour, trying to get some fitness for him. Yeah, I do. I can see it as a favour, but my only thing is that he has got good experience of winning yeah. promotions. He won it with Swansea. Wasn't he win the Blackpool squad the first time they went up or something like that? Yeah. I don't know. He has won a fair few promotions. Yeah. Yeah, he has got that nickname. You know, like 
that stick about him being like a promote, like a lucky charm for promotion sides. So I take, <laughs> I take all the luck we can get, to be honest with you. But with Dobby, he's 30, 32 now. He seems like he's been... 32? Yeah, 32. I was surprised myself. I'm a bit worried about that kind of brings on to my concerns about Lennon's transfer targets. Uh, yeah. Mainly, like, 32 plus. I mean... Mm. Sure, I'm not sure that's going to work particularly. I mean, you need kind of a bit more youth in the championship, I think, but um, a bit more legs. I don't really see where he's going with these transfers, to be honest. Yeah, I don't know. Obviously, the first team squad for life to Austria tomorrow, so mm. I don't know if Dobby will be uh, Dobby and Plasios for that matter will be joining them both for, on the safe side of thirty. But Dobby, I don't know. The the reason he might be coming in is because obviously uh, Dobby. I don't know. He's a He's a good, he's very experienced at this level, but obviously he spent a lot of time on League One last year. I don't know, maybe he'd be. I really, I couldn't justify paying him wages, really, but maybe if Lennon sees him as a good, experienced player for promotions. True, and he, he's very versatile. He can play anywhere in midfield, and obviously, mm-hmm. as we've said many a time, beggars can't choose us. <laughs> that that might be the situation we're in. True, there is worse out there, <clears throat> David Dunn. Yeah, anything other than David Dunn. Exactly, is but, to be honest. Maybe that maybe the links with Dobby and because he's been at the club was because of the conspicuous absent of a certain Adiga Johnson on the first yeah. training day. We all thought that Good Johnson was just not at the first training session because he was involved with Iceland's Euro qualif- qualifiers, and we were right to presume so because that is the case. But unfortunately, right, I'm sorry, but I haven't put the ra- I put us like a a placement name for the team. I haven't yeah. put the right name, so I, I don't know if I'll put it, I won't pronounce it right at all, but he signed for Shiji Gohan Everbright. <laughs> I think it's Shiji Zwang Everbright. Basically, I put a, yeah. I was in work this morning, so I put, a pl- I put a placement for it, I didn't put the actual <laughs> name, I forgot to do it, because <laughs> I've been at calls all day. But basically, he signed it for them, he's gone to China. It's not been officially officially confirmed yet, but it's almost done with the thought. Yeah, what, he's pretty much it's, gone, hasn't he? It's sad, isn't it? It's really sad. One thing I want to say about Everbright, they've got a defender called Rodrigo Defendi, which is the best oh, yeah. which is the best name in the whole of football. But Rob, what what do you think about Good Johnson leaving? Are you are you as devastated as I am? I am, yeah, it's sad. I mean, purely for emotional reasons rather than footballing reasons, I think. But um hmm. Yeah, it's sad that he's come in, done pretty well last season. Very Didn't really, realistically, I don't think, from a footballing perspective, he would have been playing much this season. So that might be a reason behind him going away to China and thinking, having one last payday. Mm. I mean, you can't blame, I can't blame him for that. He's going to be playing crap football in China, but yeah, getting lots yeah. of money for it. But um, I mean, realistically, it's like Clough, Clayton, Davis, potentially Prattley as well, they're going to yeah. be ahead of him, that kind of attacking midfield role. So yeah, yeah. I can see the re- if he's asking for more money, as well, I can mm. see why he let him set and go. Um, but it's sad. Yeah, it, it was brilliant having him back last year, and it was. Yeah, I it's am just... very sad he's gone because I th- I thought he'd be he'd still be involved next season. Obviously, as you said, you listed the players off who could be potentially playing in that midfield, that attacking midfield role next season. Mm. But I still think with Johnson being in contention, I wouldn't even be surprised if next season Johnson was given the club captaincy while yeah. someone while someone like Prattley or Reid was given team captaincy that type of thing because mm. what a better spokesman for the club you know what I mean but obviously he's gone to China and then what I will say is I'm going to keep obviously when I when I wrote the news piece on the site and when I first heard the news I was equally genuinely upset and pissed off because 
because I was so happy because obviously because I'm so young I didn't see him the first time around no. um, when he, when I heard when I first heard the rumours that like he was training with us I was buzzing my absolute tits off and when he came in seeing him play again he's obviously he's on another he might not have the physical physicality of every other player in our squad but he's, his, mind, his football in mind is above every single player in our squad yeah. he's Goal he made for Heskey. Exactly, yeah. On Heskey's debut. That was quality. And then the goal against Cardiff. Cardiff? Yeah, yeah. Ollie from outside the box. That yeah. was amazing. Just showing like, how he still got it. He still I, got quality, but definitely. he doesn't have the legs anymore. I remember him coming on against Ipswich, and within two minutes, he did a turn that just sent an Ipswich defender for dead. Mm-hmm. And it was magnificent just seeing a player of that quality in a white shirt, which we haven't seen for years now, was yeah. amazing. And I am devastated he's gone, but what I will say is on that subject is this: it might him going might not all, might not be completely his fault. And I think there is there is something more to that story than first appears. So moving swiftly on. Fair enough. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry, but one thing that Bolton fans have been getting happy about, or at least trying in their dreamlike state, is they've been dreaming about the return of Kevin Nolan again, Rob. <laughs> really? Yeah, they have, and I can't. <laughs> I can't fathom it because he's going to be on at least 50 grand a week at West Ham. There's, n- there's absolutely no chance of him coming back here. But what, would you have him back? Do you think it could happen at all? What's, what's your take on Nolan? I think there's a cat and health chance of it happening. <laughs> but um, you're right. He's on. I'd look this afternoon. He's on 53,000 a week at West Ham. Mm-hmm. Um, or he was in 2011. I don't know if he still was or not. But um, yeah, <laughs> I don't think we can afford that somehow. So, um, cat positive pink way. And does he want to come back to Bolton in the Championship? I don't know, I doubt it. I can't see it happening, can you? Mm, I could only see it happening because he's got one year left on his deal. If no one comes in for him and it comes you know, end of August or when yeah. the loan window opens, if they say, we'll pay most of his wages just sent, just to get him off, you know, just get him away, possibly. Yeah. But I don't see why someone wouldn't sign him. I don't see why a, a Derby County or a Middlesbrough wouldn't sign him because he's exactly. got that experience, he's got that goal-scoring a bit. Goal scoring ability from midfield, I'd do, or even a promoted side like Bournemouth or something. I really don't sign. I don't really see why someone wouldn't sign him. No, I agree. Maybe there is the slightest chance of it happening, but I really don't see it all personally. Which is a shame. Yeah, it's a shame. I can't. I just can't see it happening financially. I can't yeah. imagine us being able to afford it. The only, the only way it would happen is if West Ham would pay a vast majority of the wages, but. Why would they do that when there is... I think they always a favour, to be honest, West Ham. We've given them Nolan, well, <laughs> indirectly given them Nolan. We've given them UC, we've given them Joey O'Brien. Matty Taylor. Got, yeah, Matty Taylor, yeah. The right. West Ham Wanderers, yeah. It's exactly, yeah, but Ricardo Vastey as well, even though he, yeah. he took a few stepping stones in between. He did have a favour taking him, though, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, probably. But <laughs> with Nolan, whilst it would be a dream, I just can't see it. And as we've said... We have got enough players in that attacking midfield position. I wouldn't say no to Nolan at all, but when you've got Clough, Mike Davis, possibly Prattley, Clayton, mm. do you really need him? I would have him, don't get me wrong, just for the experience alone, but I really can't say it. But no. one incoming that does seem a lot more likely, and probably going to be wrapped up possibly by Sunday morning, I don't know when you'll be listening to this, it just all depends on when I get it up, because I'll probably be pissed Sunday morning, <laughs> still, is um, Real Madrid centre-back, Derek Osede, no, I'm so, I I guess you're like me, and I've never seen him play, but what do you think of this signing? It's, it's a bit more exciting than Craig Morgan, I'll give it that Yeah, one. it is, definitely more exciting. I've never seen him play, 
but I have seen him on Football Manager, and <laughs> he's all right. Yeah, I think he'll do a good job. I think he's a decent. He'll be a decent Championship defender. He's yeah. twenty-two. Yeah, he's young. Um, that's what we need, I think. He's played fifty-one games for Real Madrid's B team, Castilla. Yes, yeah, um, which was managed by Zidane last year, so that's got to be a good thing. He's been training. He's been talking about training with Ronaldo, Ramos, Bale. Mm-hmm those kind of people, and he said that's been a good thing for his development, and I was, he just wants to go out and play first-team football. Yeah. So that's good. Um, he won the under-19 Euros in 2012. Yeah. So yeah, he's, he's definitely a player with good, a lot of quality. Hmm. Um, I read Another thing I read about him today was he wants to switch allegiance to Nigeria from Spain. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. And probably our greatest player ever, in my opinion, is JJ Kocha, and he yeah. is Nigerian. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so if JJ's good enough, then surely this guy's got to be good as well. Yeah, I... <laughs> Rubbish reasoning, but... <laughs> I think it'd be a good signing. I'm very excited about the move just because yeah. it's a different name. No one's ever heard of him before, apart from when Line of Vienna brought the news that we were interested in him about six weeks ago, but yeah. then we used a photo of it, and it was of him, but I just thought it was Marcello, because, it... <laughs> <laughs> honestly, it was like Bolton interested in Madrid youngster, and I just thought, because there was no photo of him, I just thought we'd use a stock photo of Marcello, because they look the same with the big afro hair and honestly I'd be all happy for another Madrid player with afro with an afro coming in Absolutely. I mean the last one went pretty although centre back which is a worry yeah. <laughs> the other one went pretty well so yeah I'm very happy it's just that obviously he's an experience he's only played in the Spanish third division with Castilla but Spanish second division Castilla. is it third second division well it's second and third I think it's been like interchanging something like that yeah. But I'm very happy just because it's an exciting name and just with his pedigree, even if it doesn't completely work out, we can probably sell him on anyway. But I am very happy cause, because the finance of this movie is probably being made as we'll move on in the minute to the salt. There's a sale of Alex Baptiste to Middlesbrough. So yeah. getting in a 29 year old centre back who, or right back, who never really fit in at Bolton. No. To for a 22 year old ex-Real Madrid player who's obviously ambitious who obviously just wants to come and play football you know mm. you don't leave Real Madrid for Bolton no. <laughs> unless you want to you know play football and make something of yourself so I'm very, I, like, I, I can't obviously it's a gamble but it's, a, it's an exciting gamble and I'm very happy that the club are taking it rather than sticking to the yeah, guns yeah I agree I think swapping Baptiste for this guy is a great move I hate Baptiste I think <laughs> ever since he went to Blackburn and then slagged us off Yeah, even though he was Probably having to go at Friedman. Yeah. I don't want him back at Bolton. So yeah. if we can get money for him, then absolutely brilliant. And bring him, bring in this young kid to replace him. Yeah. That's fantastic. Um, I think he's one of our top earners as well, wasn't he? Yeah, so, 20 grand a week or something like that. Yeah. And in his last season for us, he was either a walking own goal or a walking red card, wasn't exactly, he? So yeah. let's get rid of him, get some money. Yeah. And then go books. And apparently the money that we'll get from it covers both the Osage deal, which is obviously a free agent from Madrid on his wages, mm. and potentially a Nick Kuyper's deal. So two centre-backs, yeah. two new, young, highly rated centre-backs in for one, who is good. I said it on last week's podcast. He's a, he's a good centre-back. He proved it against Liverpool. He's been very solid for Blackburn. And a part of me is gutted that we won't see him play for Bolton at his own position, because he was mm. very good last year for Blackburn in centre-back. Yeah. But to bring in two, two young, highly rated Possible sell on no sell on potential, and just yeah. players who are going to come here with ambition, wanting to succeed. 
does fill me with a lot of high hopes for next season. And Absolutely, yeah, I agree. It's just exciting to see a new name rather than an old weary name who's been around the lower divisions for ages. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? A young player who actually wants to play um, exactly, and like, yeah. to make a name for himself, then he's going to try hard, which is brilliant. That's what we need. Exactly. At the end of the day, as Mark Isles tweeted, it's a 29-year-old ex-Mansfield player for a 22-year-old ex-Real Madrid player. So Exactly, yeah. <laughs> even if it doesn't work. <laughs> even if it doesn't work out, it's going to be exciting to see an ex-Real Madrid player play for Bolton Wanderers again, isn't it? You know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah. on to the last bit of chance for news. Speaking yeah. of weary players who've been spending a lot of time. Snoop, right. <laughs> I'm not recording this at my own house right now, so there'll be no appearance from the Love Dog tonight. I'm, oh, a, no. I'm recording this from my neighbour's house, which I'm looking after another dog called Snoop, who's a border collie, who's now <laughs> licking the microphone. Nice. Yeah, so Snoop, go away. Go away. So, speaking of weary players who spent a lot of time in the lower leagues, on our final transfer news of the day... Matt Mills has signed with Nottingham Forest, linking up with old Nottingham Forest manager. No, Rob, are you finding it as funny as I am that Dougie Freeman's going against everything he said once again? It's hilarious, isn't it? It just proves he's an absolute incompetent idiot. I mean, he comes in and says, oh, I, don't, I, don't, I never saw my own pl- old players. And <laughs> then he goes and signed Dean Moxie, who's crap. Yeah. Owen Garvin, he's the worst player we've ever yeah. had. Um, Quade Taylor, who... Potentially, might be good. Uh, all, all Crystal Palace players, yeah. and then Steve Bolton. The first player he buys is Matt Mills. Yeah. Like Jesus Christ, it's so funny, he's right? just so full of shit, isn't he? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, good luck to Mills. He was yeah. last year, so you know. I just worry about who's who's even going to buy next. Uh, Craig Davis. He's <laughs> fucking available, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it's funny because um, I could even see um. I don't even know. Friedman, there is no... Tele- McNaughton, he's a free agent. Yeah. <laughs> he could link up with anyone. And I think it'd be <laughs> funny if... Um, with, I find, what I find funniest is um, Mills said in his in the first interview as an Ottawa Forest player, I'm, I'm, linking up with Friedman will, will, will help me. I like linking up with my old manager on this shit. I'm like, weren't you fucking shit under Friedman? I was like, mate, <laughs> you only came good when Lenny came in. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. He's an idiot. Don't get me wrong. I like Mills. I thought he, I thought he did good last season. I, w- I would have preferred him to stay, even though I do think he's a bit of a, you know, he, he rates himself higher than he is, that yeah. kind of thing. But, man, he was shit under Friedman. And to think that, you know, signing for Friedman's team is what's going to do him good, it's just funny. And tell you yeah. Friedman yeah. will be sat by November. No, I'm sorry. And it'll be fucking funny. Yeah. Oh, I'm hoping we get him fired when we beat them. That's a good point, that. Imagine we, imagine we batted them for 5 0 and buddy sat close to going actually. Saying that, <laughs> saying that, we said that last time, and then we got battered, so that, that was fun. Saying that though, Matt Mills wasn't a main culprit for that, you know, getting sent off when it was 2 1. Yeah. So hopefully you can do the reverse next year. I think so. But right, it's been quite a busy week, and, you know. Yeah, it's a few, I think there's a few players who've been tra- in training with us who haven't really been announced either, like. Jordan Lussie, I think I'm not sure yeah, if he's or not. He but, played uh, today for Coles and um, well against Coles, I should say. I do think he'll be signing full time after yeah. leaving Liverpool. And he what he wasn't too bad against Coles. He was playing Bolton played a weird formation. It was more of a four three one two because we had a trialist in called John I might have said this already, so pardon me for if I've forgotten. 
but it's called John Saberio. Can't find yeah. a piece of information on him on the internet anywhere. But he was very much an attacking midfielder, so I think to incorporate him along with Wilkinson and Woolery, mm. we played like a diamond formation type of thing. Mm. So Woolery played. Okay. Oh, sorry, so Lussy played out on the right, and he put a good few balls. Even though he put a few good quality balls into the box, he had a good few set pieces which Woolery and Wilkinson should have booed away. So I'm, I'm excited to see if he'll do anything next year. There's been a good amount of movement in this yeah. week. So with the amount of moves, so obviously Amos, Madin, Prattley confirmed. Osede coming in, Derek Osede coming in. Are you, are you looking on top of to next season with a bit more positivity than we were a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, it looks like it's starting to build the squad a little bit more, isn't he? I think yeah. we're still short a bit up front. I think there's only, I don't really think we have a striker at the moment. I mean, Clough kind of plays behind the striker. Yeah. Wilkinson's obviously not up to it. Heskey. Heskey, Medin. Doesn't really know if Heskey's doing it. Really, it? But um, there's Medin, that's about it, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I think we need another forward. Yeah, I uh, agree. I think the midfield's looking all right with yeah. Pratt and Vela and um, Penty spearing Mido, yeah. Mark Davis, who's fit. That's all right. And then obviously, if he brings Derek and maybe Kuypers in, then yeah. the defence looks all right as well. So, yeah, I think, we, I think we're getting there. Hmm. But how good will it be is anyone's oh, guess. Yeah. I think with the defence, we still need to sign a right back. Yeah. Because we are looking there, unless, unless he's looking to play Vela there full time. But I, yeah. I don't, as I said last week, I'd rather him get a good chance in midfield first. We obviously yeah. still need a new reserve midfielder. Uh, not midfielder, sorry. We need, still need a reserve goalkeeper to cover for Amos because Fitzsimmons and Harry Campbell and William Escalada, for that matter. Just not for stick quality just yet, really. I think a new striker definitely needed, as you said. We haven't got that many. And possibly a winger or two. You know, we've not got that much quality out wide. But you know, Liam Feeney said he's going to be the best winger in the league. Now, I did see that, so fair so play. <laughs> you, can't, you can't argue with his belief. You know, we've got Walker, Clayton, <laughs> that type of thing. I am quite good, as I said last week, I'm quite good on a Lucy's going because I'd have hoped him to get a chance next year. We've got Kelly as well, youngster. We've got yeah, a good few. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, we've got a good few youngsters in them areas, but we've not really got, apart from Feeney, we've not really got a good established player in the wide areas who's of a good yeah. quality. I was going to say something, but I can't remember. <laughs> but I, I, I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm looking a bit more positive, to, positive yeah. on this team next year. We still need a few more players, no doubt. Mm. It's looking a lot better, especially as Mercedes comes in that type of thing. Because I genuinely can't remember what I was going to say at all. <laughs> it's still is to go, though, aren't they, until the start of the season? Yeah, so. of course. So, a yeah. lot of more room. And obviously, because I can't remember, we may as well move on now. No doubt, as soon as I end this recording... I remember, so if I do, I'll start the next segment with it, but till then, we'll see you next segment. The next segment is actually going to be with me, Line of Vienna writer Elliot Turnbull, and then a young lad called Aaron Clements, talking about the improvement to the atmosphere at the Macron next season, so please do stick around with that, and please do join the Facebook group that will be mentioned in the next segment, because we want to make the Macron a better place to watch football next season, and I hope you agree, so see you then. Hello everyone and welcome to this kind of random segment of the Love Pod. It's actually not being recorded at the same time as the Love Pod, it's being recorded prior because we're talking about a very specific thing and I'm with people who probably, or maybe, one of them might be on the podcast normal. But at the minute I'm joined by Line of Vienna writer, Elliot. How are you doing Elliot today on this kind of not as sunny afternoon? 
not as nice as it was yesterday when we tried this before, but it is, yeah. I'm doing very well, thank you. How are you? I'm all right. This 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 is the weather that agrees with me a bit more. That fun, that tropical thunderstorm last night, I was in my element. Beautiful. <laughs> that's, that's when I like it. And um, my second guest joining me for this, I think it'll be the second segment of the Love Pod, if I'm doing my job correctly, is uh, Mr. Aaron Clements. And you may have seen Aaron's name on but the Butler News, no less, and other places in recent weeks, because he started a Facebook group with the sole purpose of trying to improve the atmosphere at uh, the Macron on match days. Um, so how are you doing today, Aaron? You can plug your face uh, I'm you doing a lot better than when we tried to record it yesterday. I'm not dying of heat. Mm, good, good. How are you? Yeah, as I said, I'm fine. My internet seems to... Like, touch wood. My internet seems to be holding up fairly well right now, so here's hoping we can get it done in one go. And obviously, what's your Facebook group called again, Aaron? Please remind me and all the lovely listeners. Bottom Wanderers, chance to put a roar in the macron. Aye, so all of you, go down and like that, because there's a lot of good discussion going on of how we can improve the atmosphere and the excitement around the ground. Because I think all of us would admit it's not been very good over the last few seasons now, apart from the odd game. And there's just a lot of like-minded Bolton fans who just want to make the matchday experience going watching Bolton Wanderers a better thing. And I think... Well, we went on Tuesday night, it is now, we went and watched, not watched, we went and talked about this subject with the club, uh, four members of the club who, who were very kind and very um, thoughtful and very um, very interesting to talk to on the subject. And how, how do you think the uh, the talk went, Aaron? I thought it was very productive. The, the club have agreed that it was great on their part to hear how we feel about it. And there's just so many things that have come out of it that are going to help us in the long term. Yeah, I agree. I think I was very impressed with match. I was very impressed with the clubs. How much the club was on the same wavelength with us. How much no, I, I, an idea we're not going to talk too much because it was quickly debunked for obvious reasons. Was we suggested perhaps if there was any mileage in closing the upper tiers during match days, and it was obvious it was never going to happen because people have the season tickets there and that type of stuff. But the idea was if everyone's in the lower tiers, everyone's more together, yeah. there's more chance of noise, that type of thing. And they they said like we'd seen if it was possible, and obviously it's it's not because people just get annoyed, and that's fair enough. And I, I I was very pleased to know that the club are on our side, and I've been looking preactively at their own ideas to improve the atmosphere at the club and on match day, obviously. So where did you see the evening, uh, Elliot? Yeah, I'd just like to reiterate what um, Aaron said. I'm extremely impressed with the club. I mean, they took it in a very serious manner. They were extremely friendly and accommodating. And I came out of that meeting feeling extremely positive because the guy we spoke to had great enthusiasm. And you, you can see that, as you said, they are on our side and it's in their interest as well as it is in ours to improve the atmosphere and lots of good things were discussed and hopefully we're going to see an improvement come um, Derby County. Yeah, I, I do agree. I thought I was a bit worried going into it as I tend to be a quite a socially awkward person. But I was a bit worried that they wouldn't be that care that much that going in they'd just sit there, listen to us lot ramble for yeah, however same. long and then you know walk out not take anything on board. But it wasn't like that at all. They really listened. They really gave their input. They took some criticism and they took uh, positive feedback in equal measure and gave um, fair responses to everything we put to them. So I think we'll yeah. move on to some of the talking points that we discussed, some of the key ones. Obviously, we can't cramp everything we talked about because, um, you know, it's just not enough time. Really. We was there for a couple of hours on that very interesting talk. But I think the main thing we took away, and it's certainly the most interesting prospect for next season, is, and I'm going to put it in inverted commas, is a singing section. Obviously, right, the club can't 
market this at themselves as a singing section because if people are, if the people interpret it as the club pushing it onto us, people will completely reject it as a gimmick and they'll be laughed out of town. So yeah, and, but yeah, it's like it doesn't sound a bit tin pot. Exactly, of course, yeah. So if if we're gonna have a make an area that will generate atmosphere during games, it's gonna to have to be from the fans ourselves. And so why don't you tell us a bit about that, Aaron, and where we're where everyone's planning to get the ticket, or not even the season ticket, but just get a single day ticket, move their season ticket for a single game, where we're going to try it out and see if we can get the singing section working. We're going to try and get it in the corner between the north stand and in that loft house stand in the lower corner between the M box and the L block type area. Uh, As a member of the BWSA association said the other night, they've already got quite a few people who Mm. are getting season tickets there this season. I know personally I'll be getting a season ticket in that type of area this season. I've spoke to quite a few other people who said, yeah, we'll get it there. We'll get as many people into that type of corner as possible to make some noise. Yeah, indeed. Um, and now, do you think it will work? Are there enough people going there and make enough noise? Do you think it can happen? Do you reckon we can make an inverted commas singing section? Yeah, I do. I don't see any reason why not, really. All it's going to take at first is about 50 people. And then other people will join in and more and more people are going to get on board. Yeah, how, do you, how do you see it, Elliot? Do you think it'll work? Do you think there's mileage in it? I hope so, yeah. Because the woman from the Supporters Association said there was about 20 or so of her friends and family sitting in there. Then obviously if you can add to that. As long as there's a core in the stadium where you know it's, there will be people who are going to stand and sing, it's just hopefully going to grow from there. It just needs a place to stand. I think the little, the little curve behind or facing the, the north stand could be a good place to put it because as you said in the meeting the the corners do tend to create quite a good atmosphere yeah I, yeah I, and i do agree with that and i think looks well, obviously because i said it but i think i, I think i claimed <laughs> this at the meeting and i'll say it again though my only worry about that area is that it's so far away from the away fans and it was it was there was a good argument either side but i always thought that being near the away fans as i sit now the home fans and away fans often act like sword sharp you know um sword sharpness for each other one shouts or the other shouts louder and they just build up until it's a good mass. It always happens when the stadium's full, obviously. But I do I do see the idea and I will be trying it out on the first day of the season. I will get my ticket in that block to see if I can get some well, if we can all get something going. But I do like the idea, like obviously the cop and the Stretford End, they're at the other side of they're at the other side of the stadiums from the away fans are. So I think it is if it's up to if the fans can go in, put in the effort and make it happen, I think it will happen, but it has to come from us, doesn't it, Aaron? Yeah, it does. It is. At that stage, really, it's not up to the club to make us sing as such. It's it's about the fans. The club can't make us sing. We've got to do that ourselves. And all the, all the club can do is accommodate the fans, and they're going to put the platform for us there to be able to do it. And also, with that incentive, where with your season ticket, you can switch it for one game, and sort of like a try-before-you-buy scheme. So they've, they've made that, which is brilliant. So if you're a bit unsure, you can go see what it's like, and then... Hopefully, if you enjoy the game, buy that season ticket. Yeah, that's always it's it's weird that not many people know about that because I've I've always known about that. You can I don't know if many of you do talking to the outside world there to our dear listeners. You can go to the ticket office on the day of a game and say I want to switch my season ticket. Can I go and sit here for a game because I want to sit with my mates or something because the person I usually go with isn't coming. So that is already a readable thing. I think. I said, if you don't want to lose your seats, let's say you've got a good seat and you've sat there for 10 years and you don't want to move, fair enough. I'd say just 
try it for one game and you never know if it does kick off and we do get a good atmosphere going you might enjoy it more because you know you'll be standing up because everyone will be we'll all be singing and be having a great old time so I'd say try it but moving on to the next point I think this is a bit a, a bit more brief and everything's nothing as um, as pivotal as this was um, the tournament singing section but flags were talked about quite in depth and from the big flag that used to go across the stand to little, f- um, what was it? Was it like flags that stay in the stadium at the top of, yeah, top, I, top of tier, I think, yeah? I think what they said was they're going to be around a thousand flags, tiny flags that are going to be kept in the stadium that can be waved at, so that they're going to all stay, as I said, in the stadium. But yeah. then they're going to they're gonna bring out all the flags that they've currently got in containment into the stands. There's people looking at now creating new flags. Mm. Uh, there's... I've actually seen a lot on Facebook today of people coming up with logos to yeah. make it, make a new flag, and some of the logos have been absolutely brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I think just for clarification for those, listen, I think when when Aaron said flags, loads of flags in the containment there, he means the ones that were up above in the stadium on the north stand, the upper north stand, when we had that, yep. on the, behind all the seats, we had that massive. I've done, I was a bit gutted when I noticed that they'd all gone, because there, there used to be loads there. There's like a Korean one. The Blue Dragon, Chungi, the Norway supporters won loads just going across there. And I would like them to come back and make an appearance because it makes the stadiums feel a bit more homely, you know what I mean? And I think the flat the the other the, the other flag idea they had was really cool. I think the I think this because a lot of idea changing and uh, sharing goes on in the football league. I think this one was from Middlesbrough, I believe, as a few were. And it was, yeah, like streamer flags that stay in the ground, but at the upper tier where kids like in the north stand where the family section is where they've made an effort to in the concourses and stuff to improve the atmosphere and get people more excited for the game is have yeah. like flags that kids can run around with and you know just make a feast for the eyes which can hopefully improve the atmosphere what what do you think what did you think about that idea uh, Elliot well he hinted with that that the club are going to obviously from a fund which is not linked in any way to what Neil Lennon can spend I think they're going to invest slightly in these flags as well, but solely to be kept in the stadium and used on match day. And I did see it against Middlesbrough, so I know what he's on about. And it, it, it does look great. And even if it's like a bit of a dull Tuesday night game, it might just lift the stadium a tiny bit, which is all we need at some stages. So I'm, I'm all for it, really, Dan. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's certainly an interesting idea. And as long as all the scallywags from Bolton don't nick him after the first game. That's always a concern. Mm. <laughs> I think another one that we all talked about was obviously the... The big flag that I missed this because I missed the beginning of the Liverpool game, fucking traffic, was um, the big flag that came out then. Was uh, is it We're the One and Only Wanderers or something? A big flag? And maybe introducing that more often before games? Yeah, is that it, well, he said that we're going to be able to have that in the North Stand to pass it across from one yeah. side to the other. And I'd, I'd like to see that because I think, I think you need, there needs to be a lot of people, like a fair amount of people there for it to make it look, make it work and not look too pop. I think. I say if we're all going sitting there, I think it could. I think it could work, and I'd be interested to see if that does make an appearance. I do remember it a few years ago, and it was quite a good look at. But um, do you do you have any thoughts on the big flag coming back? Are you happy, sad, or not? Or Elliot? I think that I think it should be saved for special occasions, personally, because yeah, that's 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 come out on that Liverpool game and the Blackpool game, which were big games for the club, and that came with the atmosphere. So I don't know. Maybe if we use it every game, the meaning of it. The, the novelty might wear off. Yeah, I can I can see that argument. What, what do you think, Aaron, in regards to the big flag? I, I have to disagree there. I think it'd be great having it in every game. If you look at the cop, they've got various different flags, banners that are passed around. It just 
makes every game feel special for the people in that stand. We can need to try and do a similar thing. If we've got a, a flag going across, I, I use a statement. It's like a dog with a ball. It's just pure instinct. Yeah. You see a flag, you want to touch it. You can't help yourself. And it's that, that side of things that we need to try and promote a bit. Yeah, certainly an interesting argument. We'll move swiftly on to another obvious, another often contentious, contentious issue at the with the lovely Morning Wanderers fans on the internet is a pre-match and post-goal music. We'll start with the pre-match in chronological order and it was discussed at length the different types of music and stuff but I think the general consensus from that was we either have to keep it the same that we had this season the run up of Wanderer Welcome to the Jungle and I really love the song we come out to the awesome song from the Matrix that is proper inspiring I I love it it's good isn't it it's it's rough gets you going exactly but apparently other people don't so it was either keep it the same or we have to revert back to the retro songs the songs of the good time this is only the beginning so it's either we have to go back to that or stay the same and because if we stay the same then we start building a culture we start building a tradition so what did you think of that Aaron do you believe in that which one would you prefer one thing you didn't mention there was we also discussed it we also discussed the uh, walking down the money road type of idea, which yeah. I've had quite, I've had quite a few people like mention to me on the group about that and over private message, email, all that side of things. And I, at the minute, I don't really like the music we come out to. I just don't yeah. think it it raises enough of an atmosphere. Whereas, and I, I'm totally that on the side of the money road, but I'm, it's not up to me what we do. It's it's got to be a group decision. Yeah, but. Regarding Manny Road, my reason for liking that is it's similar to We'll Never Walk Alone in the way that all Liverpool fans know We'll, we'll, we'll Never Walk Alone and they all sing it. Yeah. And I, I think we could do similar walking down the Manny Road. We could get so many people singing it, everyone knows it. And if we play that just before, or just as the teams walk out, then it, it's just, it just build that atmosphere, people will sing it, and I think that'd be. I think that'd work, but as I said, it's not just down to me, it's down to everyone. It's yeah. up to what everyone wants. No, yeah, I think that's a fair comment. I do agree with you. Like, you know, I think Blackburn have their own song, obviously United have their own song, Liverpool obviously have their own song, West Ham, that they play religiously, and everyone does sing it. I think if we, everything, every tradition has to start somewhere, and if we're starting that and playing our own song that's only to us before a game... Then, yeah, yeah, and yeah. people start singing it. I've always toyed with the idea of playing the, you know, the Nat Loftus song, the Lion of Vienna song. Yeah, yeah. Like, was the lion. Yes, the one. I've always toyed with playing that more. I think I think it just sounds a bit silly though, and he goes, um, "The pride of Lancashire." I think that's, that <laughs> bit is just. But I think I've always toyed with the idea of that because I think people would sing that, and that is completely unique to us. Yeah. yeah. Like for I'm me, like, last season at Forest away, we went there and they just drowned us out with this yeah. song, and it is. We felt intimidated from the start and we got absolutely battered in that game. It was against Friedman, our old manager, and it, we were made to feel intimidated by the whole crowd was singing. And yeah, if yeah. we could do that, then it's it's something that makes the occasion special. Yeah, well, I think I think on. the idea is is a good one to have. Like obviously you've related to you've got Liverpool and like Dortmund with you'll never walk alone, but with the Manny Road that that's not like arousing him to have before the game. And also we've we've only got a recorded version of the of the fans singing it. And you touched earlier about not trying to be tin pot. That might mm-hmm. seem a bit if we're playing songs with someone's chanting before the game to get us chanting in the first place. 
Yeah. That I, I don't know how that's going to be perceived with the fans. Yeah, it could certainly swing either way, and I, I was thinking that myself. But we'll move on to the after-goal music now. And it was the same mindset, really. It was either ditch entirely, which I don't know if you noticed in the last three games of the season, because we didn't score that many goals. They actually did ditch it, and I think they were thinking that they were going to just ditch it now forever, because no matter what, because people just moan about it, and even, you know, it always seems a bit tin pot, especially with the songs that they choose, because they're like the standard songs, but I just, I, I'm of the opinion that it's not that bad goal music if you'd keep it something kind of unique, and when the Reebok, or the Macron, sorry, is empty, which it usually is, it'll sound horrible when there's no goal music after a goal, because it'll be silent, and I think, as we said, there was often similar mindset that we either ditch it entirely, or we go back to the retro days, and we go back to I feel good, no. Aaron, I'm sure everyone is of the same mind that they want that in the Facebook group. Am I correct? Yeah, well, I've asked once again, similar to the pre-match music. I asked people what they wanted, and most people said, "I feel good." I had a lot of people through private message and on the like, questions on the group, and that's what people wanted. Um, well, Elliot, what do you think of going back to I feel good for the goal and can get the guys with the flags running along the front of the stand again and all that type of stuff, harking back to the good yeah, old days? I, I agree completely. Just w- w- when you hear that song, it gives me goosebumps and obviously think back to the days when we were slightly better than now. And <laughs> Yeah, I agree completely. Go on. Oh, I just said, oh, slightly, I was taking this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's like... Now, when we score and they'll play that's horrible, isn't it? Like, that's Marcus Alonso's chant as well. Marcus Alonso's been gone for a good few years. Yeah, I know, but every every time I hear it, I just think of Marcus Alonso. It makes me feel sad. But yeah, I am. I'm for. I feel good. I think that's that's going to bring back a good nostalgic feel around the place. It reminds you of the good times. Exactly, yeah, literally. I think does, yeah. I think we do either have to ditch it entirely or go back to the good old days because if, even if I feel good is a gimmick and it's a gimmick as hell, it's our it's gimmick. No, no one else does it. It's our gimmick and it'd be our thing. And we're going back, reminiscing, and it just it just feel good. That's what I said the other night. Yeah, no. It does what it says on the tin. But, yeah, well, it's good. I think that's more of the they're the key points really. There was a lot more going on. There was a lot more plans discussed to how we can help improve the excitement and atmosphere in the match day. I think improved fan zone was one. Um, fan zone after the game, improving that was one. Or doing it in a better way, more, more, uh, not cost effective, but more plausible way was discussed. A lot of things were discussed on how to improve the experience of going to Bolton on a match day. But so, in closing thoughts on the meeting. What so are you? Are you of a Elliot? will go to you first. So you have like a positive mindset that we can improve it. Do you think it, we can improve that atmosphere next season? Going into the meeting, it was quite negative. I thought it's our fault. There's not that much the club can do. But just with the way they conducted the meeting, how seriously they took it, I did come out and I'm still feeling extremely positive about it. And and I know for a fact that they've taken all our queries and sort of constructive criticism on board. So I think we're going to have the follow up meeting which obviously, again, I really look forward to and so, just, just, just seeing what happens because I, I, I do think, especially the singing section, if we get a group there and people see them singing and having a good time, it will catch on. It just needs somebody to start it. Yeah, and what do you think, uh, Aaron? What were your closing thoughts for the meeting? I, I went into the meeting with, full of ambition, hoping that they could do some things for us and then we went in there and I, I wasn't expecting it from the club, to be honest. They, they had a load of ideas 
it could help us. And when we said something that wasn't entirely possible, they found a way to try and make it possible. And that that helps so much. Fair play to Sport Wanderers. Yeah, I think they do get a lot of unfair stick on the internet, and some, some for some people who are more in the limelight, some of it's right, uh, you know, justified. But a lot of the people at the backroom staff at Bolton Wanderers do care about the club, and they are trying the hardest, and they are preactively thinking of ideas to just improve it for everyone. And you know, they're yeah. there for us. They're there, and they can't improve it themselves. They can't force it on anyone. But they can do give everything. You no, know, they can meet with us for two and a half hours, three hours, and talk about how improving the atmosphere, taking it out of their own time in the evening to do that yeah. for us. And, th- and this is something that we expected to be like a one-time occasion. Then they yeah. turned around to us yeah. and went, "Right, so let's organise for a, yeah. another couple of weeks so we can see closer to the season after you've said this to people what yeah. we can go from there and do." And it, it shows you that the club are willing to help. Yeah, they exactly. Uh, yeah, that's the one thing I learned from the meeting. The the club care, and the guy said that I don't know. We we all think of the club as like a big corporation who don't really care, but like it is. It, it's our club, and he did say that during the week he has various meetings with supporters. So if you do have a query, just get in touch, and there will be someone who will, would want to help you. Like they're here for us. Yeah, but the closing message is: if we're if we're gonna make it a better atmosphere and a better place, if we're gonna make the Macron a better place to watch football next season, it's up to us. So get yourself in the M block, L block, lower east, north stand bit, go there and just fucking sing with everyone and have a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we'll go. That's not the end of this segment because they showed us a cheeky little surprise, didn't they, lads? This yeah. came out of nowhere. Went. I thought they were going to hand out some Bolton air fresheners or something, saying thanks for coming in that bag, but they. They only went and whipped out the new third kit, and oh my, it's gorgeous, isn't it? Just there's a there's a right. I did a cheeky right up on. I hate. I've just used the word cheeky. I feel cheeky. Sick. Yeah, are you going, going for a cheeky yeah. one? All right, I'll make one final point. They are self-aware as well. They're very self-aware. The club. They know how stupid that kit reveal, the the home kit reveal looks, and they are making the jokes about Clayton and Vela just as much as we are. Well, I, I use Vela's stance to help. <laughs> kind of, I said. Hey lads, Vela's here asking where the noise is. <laughs> yeah, of course. What's well, that's about? That's that's very true, and it's up to us to do it. But the new kit, there's a write up on the site of it, and it's it's the best kit I've seen in my. It's the best Bolton kit of my lifetime, by absolute mile. And they're gonna, it's gonna be quite a competition to get one. I tell you that much. What do you think of it, Elliot? Yeah, I go and read your write up and look at the mock up image on their website because the kit is is one, it's nice. Two. It's extremely classy, and three, the proceeds, I think about 10% or more, are going to local Bolton charities, so it is for an extremely good cause, and there's only a 1,000 around, so get there quickly before I buy them all. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> so, I think I think that's us done, lads, for this sec- second segment. So, Elliot, where can people find you, if you, if you're not, if you at, don't end up being on the podcast later? <laughs> uh, at Elliot underscore Turnbull on Twitter, so it's coming. Visit, please. Of course. And then, Aaron, plug you, plug you up where everyone can find you on the internet and plug that Facebook group to death. The floor is yours. Uh, you can find me on Facebook as Aaron Clement. So you can find me on the Bolton Wanderers Chance Supporter Roar in the Macron group. I also put the odd thing on the Reebok Roar and Bolton Wanderers mm-hmm. Supporters groups as well. So you can just message me through them as well. But if you've got any queries, questions, just ask me and I'm willing to help. Yeah, so please, please don't like the Facebook group because it's a group of like-minded, pa- positive Bolton fans who want to get make the Macron a better place to be. And on that note, we'll end, we'll end this segment there. Keep tuned because 
but no doubt the rest of us will be talking, including me, we'll be talking some shite about Neil Lennon or something next. See you later. Hello everybody and welcome back to the normal segment of the love, but I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you found it interesting and insightful conversation about the our meeting with the with Bolton Wanderers themselves, talking about the atmosphere and stuff. And I do hope you really do follow up on our request to like the Facebook group and get involved with our efforts to make the atmosphere at the Macron better next season. But moving on to more you know more immediate matters to do with Bolton Wanderers, quite a worrying thing happened last week, Rob. Nigel Pearson was sacked by Leicester City, and I was actually in the meeting with Bolton Wanderers at that point, and I looked at my phone. And our article about Leicester turning to Neil Lennon came up. Stoke, yeah. would you sit down, please? Dog, <laughs> stop chasing your own tail and sit down. Come here. <laughs> and um, I, I showed it to him. I was sat with Elliot and I showed it to him that, 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 that Pearson had been sacked. I was like, oh God, this is this is not good. But obviously, <laughs> in the time since then, Lennon was the clear favourite to take the job for a, num- for a couple of days and Bolton fans were... I concluded me was stressing the fuck out. We thought we'd lose Lennon right at the time where he's going to be hopefully making the squad his own and pushing on next season to replace Pearson at the club he played for for quite a while in the nineties, was it or eighties? I don't know. Nineties. There you go. I, I don't know. I don't think he's that old. So, Rob, do you think? Obviously, in the time then, Gus Leicester have been linked with Gus Hiddink, and apparently he's the favourite now. As I thought, Leicester are probably going to go for a more. Bigger name, they want to consolidate their, their place in the Premier League. They don't, yeah. even though Lennon is highly rated, has done a lot of good work in Scotland. He's not that proved in England yet. So I agreed, like with the consensus that I don't think Le- Leicester should go for him just yet. But Rob, do you think if Lennon was approached by Leicester, do you think he'd go? Do you think, and how fucked would we be if he did go? I think if they approached him, he would probably go. Yeah, I'm not sure it'd be the best move for him, to be yeah. honest. Um, I think he's still got a job to Bolton, and I think he needs to prove himself that he can do it in England. Um, but I think it might be hard for him to turn it down if he got offered it. I was reading an article today, actually, on the Leicester Mercury, which is the local paper in Leicester, and they asked the Leicester fans who they want as yeah. the manager. So their favourite is they want Jurgen Klopp to take, to take Good. over. Good. Take him. Ridiculous. Take him. But then they had Campiasso and then Martin O'Neill, yeah. both head of Neil Lennon as well. So. Good. And David Moyes is close to Lennon as well. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure he's going to go. Earlier in the week, I was a bit worried that, well, I was convinced he was going to go. I think the, the Leicester board will be after someone who's a bit more experienced and has done it probably at Premier League level as well. But um, yeah, I don't think he is going to go. But if he did, I think we'd be in a bit of trouble. Um, yeah, I think we'd have a little bit of trouble on our hands if he left. I'd worried about who we'd be able to bring in and yeah. what uh, finances we'd have to do it as well. Yeah. Unless Leicester paid us off a decent amount. But um yeah, I hope it I mean I hope it's not gonna happen. No, I think no I, I think Lennon would be a good addition for them if it was halfway through a season and they and their players need a good kick up the arse to get yeah. going and do a relegation scrap. I think then the the addition would make total sense. So like when Leicester had apparently sat Leicester and Pearson halfway through last season then I was really worried because then that uh, hiring London then would have made a lot of sense. Yeah. Because you know, he's that type of man who'd you'd, he'd get the Rockets back up their asses and get them playing, especially on the short term. But now, in the summer, when they need to properly consolidate their place in the Premier League for the coming season, I don't think he's not necessarily the man just yet to do that. Yeah. So I think 
yeah, I think they'll be looking a bit bigger, won't they? They'll be exactly, thinking yeah. the likes of Hiddink or someone like Klopp potentially yeah. <laughs> in there and has got a bit of experience behind him rather than Lennon, who's just managed realistically at Celtic. So, yeah, yeah I think they'd be looking bigger than that. My only worry is now that, because Hiddink, let's be honest, even though he's had a, an atrocious time in the Holland job, yeah, he's a, you know, he's a top draw manager. He's managed Chelsea to cup victories. He's managed across top European clubs. So my only worry is that why would he go to Leicester really unless he wants one sure. last swan song to prove that he's a good manager after his abysmal showing in the Holland job. Yeah. But my worry is that he that they that he does turn Leicester down and then they're like, Who do we go for now? Well, there's that old you know, that old Leicester player who all the fans like. <laughs> you know what I mean? And look, even though they probably don't want him as a manager, they'd still you know, because they like him as a player, they'd still get behind him in that type of way. Yeah, maybe. I am worried because I'm not worried as a, as a, as I was when Pearson gets sacked was first announced, but there is still like a, a Norman concern at the back of my my mind. But hopefully, with you know Lennon and the first team squad flying out to Austria tomorrow, there isn't you know what I mean. There's not much chance of that happening. True. I'm but, more concerned that they'll hire someone like Hitting and he'll make a mess of it. Be sacked by November. That's a good. And then they'll come in for Lennon. Yeah, and, and, and the season and screwed. But yeah. um. As I just yeah. said, that would make more sense if they, if they hired Lennon mid-season. I think yeah. my real worry is that um, they hire Lennon and he comes in for Vela and Clough because then, Jesus mm. Christ, he knows that... Why are you up here? Dog, go down. <laughs> Dog, what are you doing on the couch? <laughs> I don't know if um, if he comes in for Clough and Vela, he knows the financial situation we're in. Yeah, exactly. He can he can offer low you know, low amounts and like what they're going to do, the club can't really refuse Highlights, no. which really does frighten me because the you know Vela, Clough, Walker, and the like, they are the future of this club. And if we sell them on within a year for quite minimal fees, then it'll just be depressing as fuck. And yeah. <laughs> why even support Bolton at that point? But no. as we'll <laughs> as we'll move on in a moment, obviously because of how I'm recording this in a really awkward way, I won't be recording the question of the week with you. So who do you, who would you have in if Lennon did leave? Even though it does look unlikely now, who would you have to replace Lennon if he was to leave? I don't know. There's not much out there that yeah. I can see. There's quite a few Premiership managers who have lost their job recently, like Pearson, for example. Yeah. But he's an idiot. <laughs> I don't <laughs> want him. The whole ostrich thing just made me think <laughs> this guy's an idiot. Hey, um, I'd take him twatting the kit man to have him as a manager. I'd say that much. <laughs> um. Big Sam would be my first choice. Yeah, Obviously, but... we can't afford him, but that'd be amazing. Um, other managers available, like Paul Lambert. He's yeah. got a point to prove, um, but his style with Villa wasn't exactly particularly inspiring. Um, and then Gus Poyet, I guess he's been by Sunderland. He can't even speak English, and he did a horrendous job at Sunderland, apart from... Not, not very good, man. Yeah, he's rubbish, anyway. I had a look on this website today, which gave you a list of all the available managers. There's a couple of interesting names on there. Filippo Enzaghi, Clarence Seidel, <laughs> who've been sacked by Milan in the last two years. Yeah. They'd be interesting choices. And someone like Martin Yoll, who's been out of work for a while. Yeah. He's got probably got a point to prove. Maybe he needs one last job to yeah. prove a point. And then like, apart, from, apart from that, I guess, you look into lower leagues. Um, manages yeah. a decent job, but... What's the guy at Swindon called? Is it Cooper? He did a decent job. Uh, I'm not aware, but I, I, I do agree with your mindset. My only worry is that we can't afford... Managers from other clubs, like exactly, yeah. If you look, if you look at what Norwich did last season, hiring Neil from 
Yeah. He's, he obviously proved a magnificent choice and they got to the Premier League after being quite shite for a long time in the Championship. But I don't... I genuinely... Why I do agree that we could... If Lennon did leave, we should look to lower league managers. I just don't know if we'd be able to afford any of that. That's the problem, yeah. Like, but then if we get a payoff from Lennon, if, if he left, we'd get a payoff. Yeah, that's a good point. But then we could use that to reinvest. But um, I hope it doesn't happen. We'd have to talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> I do agree. Like, I'll go in more. I'll go more in depth when I record the question when I record the question segment. But I do agree. I do agree. With you. The choices I'd pick, unless it was Pearson or Lambert, I do think we'd be taking a downward step. And at the point in where we are, having to make a significant improvement next season, and if we hire a manager who isn't as good as Lennon, we're just going to fail away and we'll probably get relegated if we don't hire a good enough manager. Exactly. Yeah, and that's just unbearable to think about. So, But hopefully, with Leicester <laughs> going for hitting, Lennon being at calls today, going to Austria tomorrow, hopefully exactly. it doesn't happen. And I do think he'll stay now. I've always... I've always thought in my head that he'll stay. It's just my heart that's been going. He'll go. He'll go because it's you know it's his club. But mm. I've always been fairly confident that he would stay. So I am at least for another year. You know what I mean? But yeah, I'm, I I am fairly confident he'll stay. So exactly. I mean, well, he's only been with us for six, six months, really. Yeah. So and he's he still got to do. And yeah, yeah. He, he doesn't seem like the type of bloke who would leave a job half done. No, exactly. Even like even if he thought he'd take Bolton as further, as far as he could, which is like you know tenth for the championship next year, that's fine. Yeah. He's consoled, you know, he's improved us. That's all we need. So I'd be fairly happy either way, really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but just just hope he stays now, and then we could kick yeah. off with all the new signings. You know, Nolan, Jussi Escalada, Derek Asade, all them new signings will be kicking on next season, and we'll smash the playoffs, <laughs> won't we? Sounds good. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So Rob, since you won't be on the end of the segment since I'm recording it on the Sunday morning after my night out big time what, uh, where can people find you on the internet uh, you can find me on Twitter I'm at Robbie Laz no oh. and I think I think a lot of people should go and read uh, Rob's we're, we're actually covering because Tim Ream will be in the USA squad for the Gold Cup and we'll take the most strenuous links here at Line of Vena to get content out we'll be covering the Gold Cup in all its entirety and Rob's written a few no, is it free Haiti oh god Haiti, Haiti. Honduras yeah. and Trinidad and Tobago. That's right. And Rob's written a load of previews for the Gold Cup squad, the teams you just mentioned. So go and read them. Go and read all our profiles of all the Gold Cup teams. Have mm. a good gander because, you know, it's a bit of fun, isn't it? There's some interesting talking stories. Of, yeah, talking of Tim Ream, I saw he made an appearance for USA yesterday, I think it was. Oh, it? Um, played half an hour for them at the end of their match against Guatemala. So that's, that? that's good. That's good to see. Any good? I don't know. They won 4-0. Ah, oh, good. We only played half an hour, yeah. so yeah, that's good. So you got a perform, you got a game in anyway. Yeah. So yeah, there's so, certainly some interesting uh, stories in my. Uh, was it not Costa Rica? The other weird team. I, which <laughs> weird teams in our profile? I can't remember. Uh, Costa Rica Panama? and Panama. That is correct. Panama's manager was once done for assault when he was Colombia. He, he battered a woman yeah, when he I was Colombia that. manager. I <laughs> <laughs> got sex to Colombia. So there's loads of weird stories like that. So you should definitely. Go and read our profiles of the Gold Cup teams, even for you know stories of assault. On, definitely There's a story about that. Peter Crouch on the uh, yeah, profile as well. So yes, yeah, so go and read that. Go and follow Rob on Twitter and come stay tuned because I'll be reading through the answers to Twitter question of the week, asking who will be Neil Lennon's replacement if he does choose to leave for Leicester City. So stay tuned. 
Hello everyone and welcome back to the Line of the Other podcast episode 18. My name is Daniel Murphy and I am now all on my lonesome because this is the fourth segment of the podcast recorded on the third separate day so it's been quite quite an awkward affair this bloody thing but I'm here now it's the morning after the night where I recorded the other two segments where you may have heard I was quite drunk sounding like a fucking dick I've just been going through editing it I've repeated I think Gary Medine might surprise a few about eight times which was quite embarrassing to hear and I said all those things wrong it's Danny Taberner not Jamie Taberner Man, I'm really annoyed at myself. But anyway, as is customary, in the line of the other, there'll be no guess who this week, obviously, because um, A, I couldn't be bothered doing it, and B, I can't really do it on my own. But we'll go. We'll just go move straight on to the Twitter question. Oh, the, not even the Twitter question, no, just the question, shall we? This week's question of the week was, who should replace Neil Lennon if he is to leave? Now, obviously, I asked this question when we all thought he was certain to go, but it does seem as if he's not now, so praise the Lord for Gus Hiddink, but... These are some of the answers that it got. And these one these first ones are from Twitter. The first one is from at Holden Howe. Nigel Pearson, because why not? Decent record, did well with Leicester to get him up and keep him there. I couldn't agree more. At BWFC View, everyone would surely want Big Sam back, but think too much has gone on in the past. But out of work managers, Lambert, Redknapp, Pearson, Di Matteo, Poirier, Zola, Warnock. Don't really fancy any. Like I said, I think I'd have Pearson, Lambert, and another one I think I'd, I'd stomach. But I agree with the rest. Radnap, he'd never move north. Di Matteo, shite. Payet, shite. Zola, shite. Warnock, shite. Yeah, I agree. I'd, I'd, I wouldn't find any of them, really, apart from Pearson and Lambert. Mr Sparkle at Darwin Dashes. Darwin Dashes, there, there you go. Nearly read that a bit wrong at first. I reckon Megas deserves another bite of the cherry. At Vida underscore Lid. Emil Heskey, player manager, to cement our place at the foot of the table. Very optimistic look there from Fiddler Lid. Fiddler Lid. Weird name. At JJ Stewart 457. Heard of this young talented manager, manager named Doogie Friedman. He has a vast scouting network at former clubs that he does, as we discussed, me and Rob discussed earlier, as he's signing about Mills at Nottingham Forest, up to his old tricks already. Oh, he'll be gone soon. It's going to be well funny. At Matty Williams 19, Phil Brown, because he's got history with the club and wouldn't leave us like Lennon. Well, he's old Lennon's not gone yet, Matty. And um, I've got to disagree there. Phil Brown is not very good, in my opinion. Next up, and the last of the Twitter answers was Trotter in Exile, at Exile Trotter, Brian McDermott. Used to work with fuck all money, great scouting knowledge of the leagues, wouldn't cost a lot. You make some good you know, good arguments for him, but personally I just don't, again, I just don't think he's very good really. And now we're going to, like I said, it's not the Twitter of the question of the week anymore, it's just the question of the week, so I'm going to start getting answers from Facebook as well. So here, so here are the first uh, selection of answers from Facebook. At Jeff, not at, not Facebook. Jeff Kirkham, Nigel Worthington, question mark. Can't really tell you. Oh, is he Northern Ireland's manager maybe? Or used to be? If he's not, then I don't know who he is, but probably not, no. Nick Kirkham. Ideally, the return of Big Sam, but realistically, I think we should consider Alan Stubbs or Dean Holdsworth. Get the old boys back. Fair point. Jordan McDermott. Has to be Brian McDermott for me. <laughs> not only my name's the same, but good experience at this level. Hasn't had a job for a while and should be hungry for success, but let him better not leave or he will be hunted down. A bit sinister there, Jordan, but... McDermott does have a job right now. He's scouting for Arsenal, I believe. So 
I don't know if they'd let him go for nothing or we'd have to pay a contract out, but uh, you agree, you do make some good points, but I just don't really like McDermott to us. Nick Fraser, he won't leave, but if he did, I'd probably get Jimmy Phillips. I'd probably let Jimmy Phillips have a proper good go. He seemed to do alright when he was at the helm for his short time. Please, and then he asked, then he asked for a shout-out. Avid listener, there you go, Nick, you've got your shout-out. And Jimmy Phillips, that's an interesting shout, but again, I don't think... Obviously, he's unproven, but I think if he had any real desires towards management, I think he would have done by now. I think he's, he seems content just doing the youth seams and that type of stuff. And that's where he's good, and that's where I'd like to see him to stay, because he's doing a great job there. Joe McKenzie, Coyle, but he won't go. He's longing for the dark days back in. He wants old Coyle back in, because, you know, he's manager at Houston Dynamo at the minute, and they are second bottom of their division, so that's good. And finally, Ian Firth, Joe John Thomas, because he's a Bolton legend and called Joss Thomas. John Thomas. I don't know who John Thomas is, so I'm sorry about that. But that's it. Um, that's all the answers this week. Some very good suggestions, as I've said. I don't think Leonard's going there either. And I was, it did seem likely, so I didn't want to rule it out completely, but I was always fair the confident he'd stay. But who would I bring in? I think we'd have to go ambitious, because if we don't, and we just get a shite manager in, if he did leave, then we'd be destined for relegation, I think. So I would, I'd go for Nigel Pearson if we did. If we, if Lennon went, I'd go for Pearson because there's going to be quite a bit of a stigma around him right now. Obviously, he's a massive bellend, as we saw on numerous occasions last season, but he's a good manager, and if we can get him for now, now he's a free agent, and he isn't too big-headed to think he should walk into another Premier League job, I'd have him right away. Oh, Paul Lambert, again, he was horrendous at Villa, absolutely turgid, but he was fantastic as Norwich manager when he got them up to the Premier League. He does have a point to prove, so either of those two would be the only ones I'd accept, really, unless we went and got a highly rated manager from the lower leagues. I can't tell you any off the top of my head, because I know nothing about lower leagues, because I barely care about the championship. But if we if we did get some money for Lennon, and we could reinvest it in a manager, a low, investing in a lower league, good potential manager, just look at what Norwich did, and they hired a manager from the SPL, which is the equivalent of the League 2, really, and their manager was absolutely fantastic, and got them to the Premier League, so, yeah, I think there is a lot of diamonds in the rough can be found in lower leagues. But anyway, that's the end of the Line of Vienna podcast, I'm saying 18, it's been, a, it's been a mixed affair, I think we'll all agree on, there's been a lot of talk on transfers, atmosphere, lead and leaving, but hopefully not. And I hope you've enjoyed it, I've been, as I was host on as I was hosting it last night, I wasn't as nervous as last time because a good helping of alcohol subdued all those nerves, but I feel feeling the strain now, I'll tell you that much. But yeah, please, I am at Mabroski on Twitter. Come and say hello to me if you'd like. Obviously, follow the site or at Line of Vienna or Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Line of Vienna Read all the articles on the website, lineofviennasuite.com. There's loads going up. And that's me done for a week now. I'm off for a sunny holiday, so enjoy yourselves and I'll see you on the flip side.